If you put forth the effort, you know, good things will be bestowed upon you. You know, that's truly about the game. And in some ways, that's about life, too. He's in position if uh, he builds on what he's done in the first week of the season to add another award to the trophy case as Luka dancing around up. Tatum stops and fires and fills it with 2.9. Just to see the reaction. Credit. Man, Steph just, Steph is running into the front court. Draymond <laughs> finds him another three. Oh. Got it! 62! 62! And he actually surpasses his buddy, Clay Thompson! Buddy, I hope everyone had an amazing end to their year, and welcome to this episode of Ish Can Dish. Today, I'm joined by my friend slash workout partner, Cameron Mamoudi. Cameron, what's up, dude? It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's an honor to be on here, and uh, let's get it. Dude, you know I had to bring you back after your stellar performance during the NBA bubble when I had you on my podcast six months ago, I mean, we had so much great chemistry. I just had to run it back. I had to run it back. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, we were like LeBron away. We broke up, but now we're back together, except it's going to be better than it was when they were together in Cleveland. So it's good to have you back, dude. By the way, did you see that there's another Cleveland D-Wade? I know. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, that was... Yeah, no, D-Wade, D-Wade's got jokes. D-Wade's a funny guy, I will say that. But uh, let's jump into these questions, dude. So first off, as per usual, the Western Conference is stacked. The Suns finally look like a basketball team with the addition of the point god, CP3. The Nuggets are stacked and not afraid. And of course, the Lakers added more talent to their roster this offseason. Therefore, I have to ask you this. Which player in the Western Conference is under the most pressure? champion i mean he brought a championship to the country of canada we already know what 
Kawhi Leonard is capable of, but we haven't seen Paul George perform when it matters most, but he's right now shutting me up. He's shutting the haters up. He's making me look like an idiot, and he's doing great right now. Yeah, uh, Cam, you made a lot of great points, and Paul George is definitely a player who's under a lot of pressure this season, but my choice, I got to go with his teammate, the Terminator, Kawhi Leonard. So after Kawhi led the Raptors to a championship, he cemented himself as arguably the best player on the planet due to the fact that LeBron was absent from the playoffs and KD went down with the Achilles injury. Then, in the summer of 2019, the Clippers had to mortgage their future in order to get this guy because it wasn't enough for him to join a team with a rising star in SGA along with other great role players. He had to make sure he had a two-way superstar player in Paul George. And then throughout last season, Kawhi and PG were load managed in order to be fresh and ready to dominate come playoff time. However, when the pressure was on, when, when the chips were on the line, he wasn't able to deliver as the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead to the Denver Nuggets. In Game 7 of that series, Kawhi shot 6-for-22 from the field and his defense was absent as Jamal Murray torched him for 40 points. Also, on top of all of this, there's an investigation going on right now with Jerry West and the Clippers in terms of the yeah. recruitment of Kawhi. And moreover, New Balance advertised Kawhi as the king of L.A., and then he was ready to dethrone yeah, that LeBron. Was, that was pathetic. I mean, like, here's what I feel like. The Clippers won opening night. They won Christmas Day last year. And they got, like, a whole, like, ego behind them. And that's when you saw, like, the New Balance commercials. That's when you saw, like, everything. And I've never had a problem with the Clippers. Like, honestly, I've never had a problem. I don't care about the Clippers that much. Like, I actually liked – I would cheer for the Clippers, as a matter of fact. Like, when Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, they were on the Clippers, like, I would, like – that's L.A. Like, L.A.'s my home. Like, I love Los Angeles, like, dearly. Like, I want to see L.A. succeed. And, like, I was a Laker fan. We were making the playoffs from 2012 to 2020. Like, I was – I stood by as a Laker fan. But, like, when the Clippers were in the playoffs and they were going against, like, Houston or, like, like teams like that, Oklahoma City, like, I'll be like, I'm going to cheer for the L.A. team, obviously. Like, as much as my hurt, I'm going to cheer for the L.A. team. But, like, as their fans got an ego and as their fans, like – got like I don't know they just got really annoying um and like I try to like be nice with them I've tried to like <laughs> like respect them I've tried all of that but like it just doesn't work with them like they're literally the worst fan base <laughs> in sports like I'm being serious like they're actually the worst fan base in sports like I mean you can say anything like people can say anything they want about me being a Laker fan like how like we're like the Dallas Cowboys at the NBA or anything like I don't care we have chips to back it up but like true. these fools just talk and talk and talk and they like to get personal with you they like to bring up stuff like it's just terrible and like that just like kind of made me like hate the Clippers but like other than that like I didn't care for the Clippers that much like back then like it's just the fans yeah. oh my god they drive me nuts yeah, I think also the reason that you didn't really care is because they were so bad for such a long time. They were terrible. They were terrible. They were terrible, yeah. and they had like they were effed up from the front office. Oh down yeah, with the most racist owner yes. in the history yes. of sports. Yes, the most racist owner in the history of sports, and like everything about them, it's just like I don't know. Like I didn't care about them, but like their fans got an ego. Um, I, we put that to rest. With number seventeen, but um, yes, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep we're gonna keep downing them with uh, I think a three peats very possible. 
Definitely, definitely. I mean, with the additions of Harrell and Schroeder this offseason, and Gasol. And tr- yeah, I mean, dude, you guys are stacked. But like like you said, talking about, talking about the Clippers and everything, no matter how many championships they end up winning, they'll always be the little brother to the Lakers. It's not even, like, how can you compete with the Lakers? Like, I don't, it, yeah. I, I don't, that's the thing. I don't care. Like, yeah. like. It's like be a joke. Yeah. Be that. Be that. I don't hate you. Like, you're an L.A. team at the end of the day. Like, L.A. is, like, my favorite city in the world. Like, I was born and raised here. Like, but, like, it's just, like, when you – it's just their fans. Like, yeah. if their fans were, like, I don't know, like, what's a good fan base? Like, you the Bulls. The Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Exactly. Great fan Chicago base. Like, you're Great gonna, fan base. Like, I like the Bulls. Like, I root for the Bulls. I'm like, oh, it's just going to be happy. Like, the <laughs> Philly fan base. Like, yeah, Philadelphia, like New York, like those fan bases, like yeah. those fan bases are sick. Like, yeah, they embrace like they just embrace everything. When their team is good, like they let you know that their team. I don't know, but like it's just the Clipper <laughs> fan base. It's just like, it's just like, it's just fake in a way. It's really yeah. fake. It's really dry, and the things like they want to like, they're they're just there to be annoying. I feel like like I don't. I don't know. I feel like they're just more anti-Laker than just like Clipper fans. Yeah, I mean, I think they're I think they're there to be annoying because they're the little brother. I mean, when you're a big brother exactly. and you have little brothers, your little brothers are there to annoy you, right? That's yep. what the Clippers' role is in this situation, and they have a lot of guys who are annoying on the team, like Pat Bev. He's a big personality. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, I, I mean, you've you've heard all the things I've said about Pat Bev. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I, the guys like. I mean, I hate to say this, but the guy's pretty funny. Like, he is. He's a funny dude. Like, he's got jokes. I saw on opening night. I mean, this kind of changed like my whole persona about like I mean, my whole view about Pat Beverly. Like, in opening night, like he like started chirping at LeBron. I was like, oh, here goes this pest again. Like, he's talking to LeBron from the bench, and then LeBron looked back and laughed, and Pat Bev was laughing with him. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's just like this guy's just a jokester, like. And like I just like I don't hate I don't really hate the guy anymore. Like he's 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 hilarious and like yeah. good for him getting a contract by yeah. doing his questionable questionable acts. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's just he's just a role player, dude. That's his role to instigate, play Paul hard George. on defense. That's and who I hate. yeah, oh who? I hate Paul George. Oh like PG. Yeah, I do not like Paul. Way George. off P, as they call him. Actually, not this year I mean, though. He, not this year. He, he insulted Dame, and like Dame is like one of my favorite players. Love that guy. And then like, I like. I mean, and then I hate Zubox. Like what? How do you hate Zub? He's like out. so quiet. Hear he can barely out. speak hear English. Hear me out. Hear all right, me all right. Out. Hear all me right. out. We trade him. I mean, it was a terrible trade. Like. The worst, one of the worst trades yeah. in Laker history. We got yeah. Mike Muscala back. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where he is right now. Oh my um, god, he's a nobody. And we traded Zoo, and um, then Zoo goes on to say, like, if you want to see real basketball, come to the Clipper games. Like, oh, they're so we're so much better. Blah blah blah. And like, I just feel like I just felt like he's just a Clipper fan now. Like, I don't really like Clipper fans. Yeah. I mean, he's, he should be a fan. He's on the team. What do you want him to be? Oh, I'm a Lakers those, fan? Yeah. Com- I mean, those comments just bothered me. You know? uh, like, say, yeah. Like, if you want to see real basketball, you come see the Clippers. I mean, like, I'll, I don't want to pull up the quote right now, but, like, just Google what <laughs> freaking Zubox said about the Lakers once we traded him. But, I mean, we're champs. I can't really hate any of them. Yeah. So, in a yeah. way, you took Zubox's quote personally. In a way. I took it personally because I'm like, dude. Yeah. 
We drafted you in the second round out of butthole Croatia. I mean, no, I shouldn't say that, but we drafted you from like no one knew who you were, and we took a chance on you. And like we, you had such a great summer league with us, and like then you came and played in the sea, the regular season, the preseason. You, you like brought so much joy to my eyes. I was like, oh my god, look at our forty-first pick putting yeah. up numbers. Like, yeah. look at him; he's working so hard. Blah blah blah. And then he's like. And then he even says, like, I was such a big Laker fan. Like, that's what he said when he got drafted. He talked about how he was such a big Laker fan. Yeah. I was like, oh, one of us. Mm-hmm. But then he got traded and he changed. I mean, that organization just changed him. But, I mean, like like I said, like, I'm investing a lot less of my energy into, like, hating the Clippers. I mean, Boston's always the number one enemy. Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. By far. By far. I mean, there's, like five teams in terms of rivalry that are ahead of the Clippers in my mind. Like, you got Boston, San Antonio, Portland, um, Sacramento's even. I mean, they're not even the biggest rivalry in our division. Sacramento's That's the true. rivalry than the Clippers to us. Like, Sacramento, like, the battles we've had in the early 2000s, like, yeah. though that's, like, a rivalry. But, like, no, we've never played anything meaningful against the Clippers. So, like, it's that's true. why this season I'm really investing a lot less of my time in hating them. And if a Clipper fan talks trash to me, like, I would just say, okay. <laughs> just laugh with it. Cool, go man. with it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would, like, begin to go back and forth. Looks like I don't see any point in it. So, I'm just investing, a le- like, a lot less of my time. And, like, now I compliment the Clippers. Like, I mean, like, I texted um, Jake Robinson the other day. I mean, if you guys don't know who Jake Robinson is, huge Clipper fan. Shout out Jake. Um, yeah, shout out Jake Robinson. I texted him, like, Jake, like, Paul George looks great. Or, like, Jake. Patrick Beverly's finally making shots. So, like, Jake, Kennard was such a great pickup. Like, yeah. I'm texting them that now. Like, instead of, like... And then Jake... Jake... Like, this is... This is the Clipper fan. <laughs> guys. This is the Clipper fan. I, te- oh, I compliment them. I tell them what they're doing well. And then we... And then the Lakers dropped a game to Portland. And then... Yeah. This is after I compliment the Clippers. A Clipper fan proceeds to text me point five hundred Because we one on one. I'm like... This is I love it, man. I love it. Anyways. So. Yeah, but I thought you made it like a lot of great points saying that like they aren't even the biggest rivalry in your division. It's just the media. The media loves the storylines behind this whole situation between the Clippers and Lakers. The media it's, sucks. it's got that crosstown yeah. rivalry feel and that fuels like the fans like wanting this like matchup, you know? So I think it's great for the league, honestly. I, I really think it's good for the league. Yeah, but I think you made a lot of great points with Paul George, but when you look at it from all of these different perspectives, I think Kawhi Leonard is just the guy who's under the most pressure because he's constantly going to be under the microscope due to the Clippers' yeah. embarrassing playoff exit last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I want to transition. I want to talk about the Washington Wizards um, because they started the season 0-5. They've won some games since, but I got to ask shout you. Shout out Thomas Bryant. Yes, shout out T. Ryan. Uh, Laker. Yeah, what is wrong with the Wizards, and do you think they'll be able to make the playoffs? You know, I've actually watched a lot of the Wizards games because um, my dad got me League Pass this year. So oh, yeah, nice, nice. So I watched a lot of the Wizards games and like Beal's doing his thing, and then Thomas Bryant looks fantastic. The yeah. way that man runs the floor and he just finishes and like rebounds and like he's just such a dog. Like I love Thomas Bryant. I wish like the Lakers could have found a way yeah. to keep him, but like. He's just, he's amazing. But, I mean, they're all doing their thing. Like, they're playing great. Like, Raul, ne- Raul, ne- Raul Neto. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say yes. his name. Raul yes. Neto. Yeah. That's him. He's doing great things off the bench for them. Roy's playing great. Um, it's just like, 
I really think the problem is Russell Westbrook. I mean, I don't think he's a problem, but, like, mm-hmm. I would just watch games. Like, a lot of their games that they lost, like, they didn't lose by a lot. Like, if you look at the score lines, they did not yeah. lose any games by a lot. Like, yeah. They're probably they're all within, like, single digits, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Like, you can go check. But, mm-hmm. like, Russell Westbrook, like, I've always said this as, like, a Laker fan whenever we played, like, the Thunder or anything or even the Rockets in the playoffs. I'm like, I want the ball in Westbrook's hands if we're up or down by a little bit amount of mm-hmm. points. Because he's going he's gonna to F up, I think. Yeah. He's selfish yeah. in a way. Yeah. He takes bad shots. And, like, maybe he'll make one once in a while. But, like, you guys saw it best in the second round last year. Like, yeah. when he had the ball in his hands, like, we were picking him apart. Rondo made him look like his son last year. It was insane. Like, he was talking. He was talking. I agree. Rondo's brother got ejected. <laughs> Westbrook got too pissed off at him. Like, yeah. Crazy. I think it's him. It all dials down to him. And, like, I think if John Wall was still on the Wizards, because we need to talk about John Wall, first of all. Like, yeah. We'll talk about him. We'll, like, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll I get think, there. I think if John Wall was still on the Wizards, um, they would be better. But, yeah. I mean, it's just Westbrook, I think. Yeah. Playing I, down the stretch. Yeah. I think you bring up a lot of great points, but offensively, the Wizards don't have a problem. I mean, Beal ranks third in scoring as he's averaging 31.2 points per game. Russ is also ranked second in assists by dishing out 12.3 dimes per game. Their problem is their defense. Teams average 122.2 points per game against them, which is ranked 26th among the 30 teams. Secondly, yeah, win games like that. I know. Secondly, even though Westbrook is putting up solid numbers, you brought this up, his offensive efficiency has plummeted. His shooting is way down from where it has been. He's averaging eight fewer points a game than he did last year in Houston. He's averaging 5.5 turnovers per game, and he's settling for so many mid-range jump shots instead of attacking the basket, which is his biggest strength. As a result, the spacing is off, and this hurts players like Davis Pertans, who's one of the best catch-and-shoot three-point shooters in the last season. Last season, If Scott Brooks doesn't fix this fast, I think it's going to be a big problem for this team because they're under pressure to win immediately by trading for Westbrook and Bradley Beal being under contract for the next two seasons. And if they don't make the playoffs this season, they might have to break everything up. And uh, it's just going to be tough. And on top of all of this, the competition for the eighth seed is going to be super tight because Orlando, the Orlando Magic, who were the eighth seed last season, already have like a three to four game lead on them. And just yeah. like, I, yeah, like I said, Scotty, he's a great coach. Did a lot of great things with the Thunder back in 2011. Love yeah, love him. Great. Uh, he's did a lot of great things in 2011, 2012 with the Thunder, but he's got, I think he's got to make some lineup changes in the short term here to turn this thing around because no team has made the NBA playoffs after an 0-5 start since the 07-08 season. So they're, they're, you know they're what team pressure. it was? I do not know what team it was. I don't know what team it was either. I want yeah, to know. Now I kind of want to know, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they're, they're under pressure. I know they've turned some things around a little bit, but it's this season shorter. They got to they got to start getting some wins soon. They got to go on a win streak if they really want to be a threat in the East. I mean, they they have momentum. They beat the they beat the Nets to get their first one of the season. Big dub. Big dub. I mean, KD was playing as well. Yeah, uh, that's where I full strength. They got a good win. Um, hopefully they just keep it up because I really like that team. I love Denny Avida. Um, is that how you say his name? Uh, Denny Avida. I think it's Avida. Avida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted the Bulls to get him so badly. Like so him. badly. He's, he's my favorite player from the draft. Um, yeah, and then, like, there's a ton of other young players I like. He's among one of them. Yeah, special. Keldon Johnson. Have you been watching Keldon Johnson? Yeah, he's, he's nice, dude. 
He's, he's nice. He's amazing. He's nice. Keldon Jones. He's Remember nice. Remember the name, folks. Keldon Johnson. Yeah, KJ. Spurs. Yeah, he's dude. The Spurs always find these gems. Like I remember Dejounte Murray, late round pick. He's the oh. defensive stud. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. I mean, the Spurs, the, the dynasty's obviously over. I mean, their run was over after they didn't the make. Dynasty's the dynasty's over, but they're they're building something. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, yeah. I really think Keldon Johnson could be a star in this league when um mm-hmm. when his time comes. Honestly, he's he's amazing. I just hope Timmy D takes over as the coach, head coach. I just hope Timmy D, head coach. Timmy D. Um, I mean, yeah, or like, I mean, that female, what's, what's Becky Hammond, Becky Hammond, yeah, Becky Hammond, like she, I saw her coaching. I mean, if you guys didn't know, like pop got ejected against the Lakers. Um, so like, I was obviously watching that game Yeah. and she was, I wasn't like, I was impressed by her. Like mm-hmm. she was all up in the players' faces, like yeah, she was commanding. She was like making orders. She was like on the sideline, engaging with mm-hmm. the players. Like the players seem to have a hundred percent respect with for, for her, yeah. which is like what all players do. Like I've had a female coach before, like mm-hmm. playing at like a really high level, and like I always like the like female coaches. We should be seeing a lot more of them because like yes, they are so knowledgeable, and like I'm not just saying that. Like they really are, yeah. and like. From like um from a personality perspective, you get things like more from a female like you get other things from a female coach that like you can't like get from a male coach. I don't yes. know really how to explain it, but like yeah. having like a and then like just having all the players buy into like the idea of a female coach is amazing. Yeah. And um I kind of feel like Pop like was just playing one of his genius tricks and like he got ejected on purpose. Cause he knew like that's that's a good point. Spurs playing the he knew yeah. he knew Spurs playing the Lakers like is gonna have a lot of national media attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause we're the Lakers and like yeah. he's like, Lake why show. don't I get the female like debuted against LeBron and AD and the defending champs? So Pop is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. Cam exactly. exactly. But but yeah, I thought you brought up a lot of great points with Becky. She was actually the head coach of the summer league back in 2017 when they won it all. She's got a lot of great qualities. And I'm I'm really excited what she can do in the future. I would love to see a nice Becky Becky Hammond and Timmy Timmy D coaching duo. I think that would that'd be, be that would be that would be pretty nice. That would be pretty nice. A lot of funny moments in there too, because t- you know yeah. Tim, he's a jokester. Tim is a jokester, just like Kawhi. <laughs> he's, they're both fun guys. They're both fun guys. People get people get fooled by these Kawhi yeah. personalities. The Kawhi personality. The funniest people in the league. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tim Duncan's. Um, his just the way he dresses is horrendous, but he's one of the greatest power forwards of all time, and he's clearly done a great job uh, at being part of uh, Pop's coaching staff. Yup. But now I got to ask you this, Cam. So mm-hmm. there've been a lot of there've been a lot of interesting teams so far this year, and out of all the teams in the league right now, which one is the biggest sleeper, sleeper team? I said this from the beginning. I'm gonna say it now, and I'll always say it. I said it before the freaking preseason even started. I said it before the draft started. I said that the New York Knicks are going to make the playoffs this year from the moment they hired Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau has completely shifted and just, like, I don't know how to explain it. He resurrected the New York Knicks. Like, you see the Knicks now? I mean, I watch, I've been watching every Knicks game. I mean, the Knicks, like, I, like I'm a Laker fan, like, diehard Laker fan, but, like, if, like, 
I were like, if the Lakers weren't existent, like they were not in existence, like I would cheer for the Knicks. Like the Knicks are kind of like my second favorite team. And like, oh my God, like that team is gritty. They play extremely hard. Like they're not the most skilled team, obviously, but Julius Randle oh, is yeah. playing out of his mind. Like, yeah. He's he's playing so hard. Like it's not even like the numbers he's putting up, which are amazing. To be like, they are amazing. The yeah. numbers he's putting up are outstanding right now. Former Laker again, but mm-hmm. he is playing hard. And like Alfred Payton is playing hard. R.J. Barrett is getting into the mid range, knocking it down. He's looking amazing. He's looking like the number. He was the number two, number three pick. Number three pick. He's look, he, R.J. Barrett is playing like the number three pick in the draft right now. Austin Rivers. Amazing addition. That team was lacking shooting. Austin Rivers is playing amazing. Reggie Bullock is playing great. And then they have this rookie. I forgot his name. Obi um, Toppin? No, no, no. Obi, to- Obi Toppin. Oh, yeah. Like, he's injured, injured, though. But, yeah. Yeah. No, no. There's this other one. Mitchell Robinson? Um, no, no, no. Mitchell Robinson's playing amazing. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. There's this Frank Nidalekina? Emmanuel Quickly. Oh, Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah. Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly, remember the name. Emmanuel Quickly, he he reminds me of a, a lot like a crafty scorer, like Lou Williams, like the way he draws Ooh. fouls, the way yeah. he gets to the basket and finishes. He can shoot the ball. Um, I'm just like I'm so excited for that team because they're young, they're energetic, they play extremely hard, they play mm-hmm. scrappy, they play gritty. They they don't care. They were down 13 points going into the fourth quarter against the Hawks, like. The Hawks yeah. are a good team. They are. They're people. deep. They're, they're deep. They're, they're a great team. And they beat them. Like, they came out on top. I mean, I'm so happy for Tom Thibodeau. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league. And, like, he really shifted, like, the New York Knicks' culture. And, like, yeah. it's just amazing now. And, like, I can't wait for Obi Toppin to come back and, like, see what he's capable of because I really have high expectations for that kid. Like, he's yeah. he's great. Um yeah, the Knicks are, are a playoff team, and then I also think the Rockets are a big sleeper team. It's a good pick, too. John Wall. Oh, my God. Like, Woo! That boy's quick. I wish I could be that quick. Like, and he's had, like, two knee even, surgeries. It's ridiculous. He doesn't even – he looks like oh he – John Wall doesn't even look like he had anything wrong with yes. him. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, he no, looks facts. just as good as he looked like pre-injury, and like, yeah. that's really rare to find him and KD. But the mm-hmm. Rockets, I think, are to me a great team. Like, they yeah. got – Christian Wood. I mean, I think they're in a thousand much better shape this year than they were last year. Yes. Yeah, Christian Wood is definitely a most improved player of the year candidate for sure. That dude has been balling. And uh, going to Christian Wood's girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to this, yeah. If you're not going to stay with him at your at his worst, then don't even try. Don't even try. Exactly. Christian Wood. Much respect, bro. Much respect. Good job, Christian. Yes. I'm happy for you. Yes, I'm happy for him too, man. He's getting paid millions of dollars doing doing the thing that he loves, and he's averaging 24 and 10 on a playoff team. So he's been balling. But like you said, the Knicks. At first, Cam, I'm like, how much is James Dolan paying you to say this? But you did back it up with a lot of great things. Tibbs, even though I, I still am so mad at him because he ended Derrick Rose's career. He's a really good coach. and <laughs> He's a really good coach. He's established a winning culture there and a hard-working culture as well. The Knicks, they they could be doing something. They could be doing they, something. They are gritty. Like, yes. I don't care who they are playing. They have a chance because of how hard they play. Yes. Like, I love it. Like, they're uh, – I hate to say this. Like, I really hate to say this, but, like, they're reminding me of, like, a 
Miami Heat like type hard working okay. culture. Like there's just a bunch of dogs now. It's crazy. Yeah. And like I'm so happy to see Julius Randle playing well because I mean I was pretty sad when we traded him away. Um, but it's good to see him doing well, and um, I just hope that they continue to succeed because like I really love. The New York sports culture, like I love all the New yeah. York fans, and like I just like like seeing New York teams do well. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great city, and I mean, like you said, I think these Knicks teams remind us of the Knicks teams of the '90s. You know, with Pat Ewing, mm-hmm. John Starks, especially. I think this team really reminds me of that '98, '99 team where they were the eighth seed with Larry Johnson, Charlie Ward, Van Gundy as the coach, and they made it to the finals. I mean, yeah. that was that was incredible. They, Even though they lost they, to the Spurs, it was incredible. They, they, they are, they, they're great. Um, and like, I'm so, I'm so happy for RJ Barrett too. Like, didn't even make an all rookie team. The poor kid didn't even make an all rookie team, and now he's, I mean, he's used it as motivation. He's playing like probably, I mean, he's playing like one of the best rookies in that class right now. He's playing better than all of them except like Zion and like Job. Yeah. Like he's playing, he's playing great, and uh, I'm happy for him because I really liked him at Duke. Yeah, he was great, and. The Knicks was definitely a good selection, but I think the biggest sleeper team in the league right now is the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Even though the Suns aren't one of the best offensive teams in the league, statistically speaking, they're the best defensive team in the league by only allowing 97.8 points per game with a point differential of 10.6. Also, this Suns team is loaded with Youngtown off the bench with guys such as... Cam, oh, I love him. Cam Johnson, Javon Carter, Cameron Payne, and even Dario Saric can get a bucket Mikkel here and Bridges. there. Mikel Bridges. Uh, I could talk about the Suns. T- I can't talk about the Suns team without mentioning the point god, Chris Paul. Last season, many analysts around the league projected that the Thunder would finish 12th in the Western Conference, and Chris Paul was written off due to him being injury prone. But clearly, these analysts made a huge mistake of doubting Chris as he led the Thunder to the fifth seed and almost defeated the Rockets by forcing them to seven games in the first round. CP3, along with guys like Magic and LeBron, have a special ability to bring out the best in each player. And the, the Thunder, that Thunder team was nowhere near as talented as this year's Suns team. And Chris Paul locked the fifth seed with them. I mean, this Suns team hasn't been relevant since Steve Nash was there. Suns team, I think the Suns team is like... It arguably is like... I would like... This team's a better fit for Chris Paul than I think any of those Lob City teams are, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Like, um, that Lob City team, like, there was a bunch of locker room problems. Yes. Like, as it came out, like, J.J. Reddick, he has a podcast called The Old Man in the Three. Shout he out J.J. Love it. it. Love his podcast. Yeah, Huge fan. JJ Huge fan. Podcast, but he talked about how, like, Chris and Blake were so divided. Chris and DeAndre Jordan were so divided. He talked about even Matt Barnes on All the Smoke. That's Matt Barnes' podcast. They talked about how that team was just so divided. And I don't see that in the Suns, really. I see the Suns as, like, a tight-knit, young, close group. And, like, those kids, like, they're just, like, kids. It seems I know, like. bro. Chris Paul, Chris Paul is just, like, the older brother. Like, even the, the dad. Like, that's yeah. just meeting those kids. It's, like, 36, bro. Really 35, young, yeah. talented, amazing kids to big things. And, like, I have high expectations for the Suns. Um, they look great. I mean, they came back from 30 against the Clippers and, like, almost pulled it out, which is crazy. I mean, Paul George, ladies and gentlemen, had a great game. He did. And, and him I, and D-Book he, exchanged uh, some love letters after the game. And, uh, uh, yeah. During the game, after the game. During the yeah. game, after the game. Um, yeah. 
what was I going to say? And then, like, you brought out the biggest sleeper team. We might as well bring up the biggest disappointment. Ooh. Which I have a team on my mind that's, like, been pretty disappointing. And I predicted them to be disappointing. And, like, that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I didn't think the Bucks were going to be good, but people had them, like, top five. I don't think they're a top five team in the league, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Giannis, I love Giannis so, so much. I love the guy a lot. But he seemed to be figured out, like, honestly. Like, if his shot's not falling, he's screwed. Yeah. It seems like. It, it really is screwed. And, yeah. like, it's took him, like, for them to play the Pistons, for him, the freaking Pistons, who have one win, I think, only yeah. on the year. Yeah. It took him that to finally have, like, a breakthrough game. But, mm-hmm. no, when he played, like, when they beat Miami by, like, 50-some, I don't know how much they beat them by, they beat Miami by. Yeah, he only had nine points. Yeah, he only had nine points. And then the second time, he looked awful. Like Yeah, Bam locked him up. Miami, Bam locked him up. Everyone was locking him up. Like, yeah. It's just, like, since Miami's played the Bucks in the playoffs, or even since Toronto, like, they stopped him. Miami stopped him. He's just been figured out. Yeah. He just really needs to expand his game beyond the perimeter. Like, because, like, that's – he's not going to work. And, like, he's not, like – that play style, it's just been figured out. Yeah. I don't really see him going anywhere. And, like, I saw a great point. Like, him being paired up with Drew Holiday, I just feel like that's a similar – very, very similar situation AD was in when he was in New Orleans. Like, mm-hmm. AD had, like, Drew Holiday and, like, a bunch of little, like, other role players. And, like, yeah. I just feel like that it's going to be a repeat of that, honestly, the Bucks. Yeah, so, I Yeah. I mean, I think you make a lot of great points about the Bucks. I still think – they are Eastern Conference Finals bound or even Finals bound because they will figure it out come playoff time. And also Middleton has really expanded his game this season by averaging six assists per game and five rebounds per game as well. He's looking more like a playmaker. It's just in the playoffs, I think what's going to come down to this, um, I mentioned this in my other podcast as well, uh, that Mike Budenholzer has to tighten up that rotation. Because last year in the playoffs, he was playing a 10-11 man rotation and that really killed them in the you end. Can't do that in the playoffs. You can't do that in the playoffs. Can't do yeah. That. Giannis has to be playing 38 plus minutes per game in the playoffs. And I know that he's out th- I know and and I know he's listening to the outside noise. I know players are like, "Oh, I don't really hear about it or whatever," but I know for a fact that's eating him up inside that he's not a champion. He's won all these other accolades, but he hasn't hosted a Larry O'Brien yet. And I know for that a really fact that is killing that him. Exactly. That's killing him. No, but it's bothering me. Why is T in the category why is he in the same category as Michael Jordan when he hasn't done anything? I mean, I hate to say yeah. it. He hasn't done anything. It's true. Right? Hasn't. And he's already in the same category as the GOAT. Like I don't think he's in that category. I think people just categorize him I'm as saying, I'm saying as like a two time MVP oh, defensive player of the year. Yeah. Like that's Michael Jordan status. That's true, because MJ was actually in that similar position back in exactly. the in the nineties. He talked about this in the last dance, how people were saying, like, oh, MJ, he's he gets all these scoring titles, but he can't win like Magic or uh Larry. And that killed him. And it took him till twenty eight years old to win a championship. I mean, true. I'm not writing Giannis off in any way. Oh, I mean, yeah, no. how old he's he's so young, he's like young. he has so much time to develop yeah. and everything, like but I just don't think right now he's in the position to win. I mean, he might need to move on from Milwaukee. I was surprised, matter of fact, when he signed that extension. I really was I was surprised. too. I was too. 
I was like yeah. really excited for him to like go like to Miami or something like that. But I mean, he just needs to expand his game. But the dude, the kid, he's young. Like he's so young, he has time to develop. And like, if he develops the right way, like I think he can. And like the work at the work ethic, I do see in him. I really think he could be a champion one day. But I don't think this year's the year at all for him. I honestly yeah. like. The, I think like Milwaukee gave him so much to get Drew Holiday. They like, did. Drew Holiday. He's a good player and all, but like he's not all that. Um, and then like, I mean, if they had, I really do think if they had uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, it would be a different story. Yeah, I think if they kept Bogdan. Malcolm Brogdon, it would be a different story. If they kept Brogdon, if they yeah, kept he's been killing Bogey, it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that, I think you brought up with the a great point with the Bucks because in the playoffs, the game slows down. And in the playoffs, you got to make jump shots. And Giannis, even though he's a, he's a terror when he drives to the like when he goes to the basket. I mean, I I would be, I would just give him a wide open lane. I'd be like, here you go, Giannis, wide open dunk. I wouldn't even think about stepping in there. But in the playoffs, he has to. In the playoffs, when you're playing teams like Miami, who know how to rotate defensively and they got bigs who are versatile like Bam Adebayo you got to become a jump shooter I don't really even think he has to become a three-point shooter he just has to become a reliable mid-range jump shooter like a he said like a pull-up mid-range jump shot or even a fadeaway mid-range mid mid, yeah I mean I was seeing he's been dishing out great passes yeah he's matured a lot in the playmaking end of things but he just needs to develop shot creating skills on in the mid-range like like 15 footers and like stuff like that like if Giannis had if Giannis had like even a quarter or like half of the ability that Kawhi Leonard has in the mid-range like oh oh my god it's over and he can't and I really think he can develop that with his work ethic with his yes. skill set with his like with his stature and frame like yeah. I really think he can develop that really nicely so I hope yeah. he does but yeah. this year no it's not the year I don't yeah. even think he's going to make the conference finals I mean yeah. personally I have either Boston I have Boston and Miami making conference finals with Jalen Brown playing out of his mind right now yeah she's been playing like an all-star yeah. so that's and once they get Kemba back Boston's going to be really deep and tough exactly. to stop and Tatum's only getting better from here he's already hit two game winners this season I mean yep. he's getting better but yeah, I mean, my also disappointed yeah. in the Raptors too. Yeah, they're they're only uh, what one in six, one in five. They only won yeah, one game this they season. They are not playing well. Yeah, I know they lost some guys in free agency, but Siakam has really been a disappointment. I mean, Julius Randle is definitely a better player than him right now. Siakam is not playing in his role. That's why. What made yeah. Siakam get paid and everything was he was running the floor, bringing energy, and now he just wants to be on the ball all the time. Like, yeah, he just wants the ball in his hands constantly. And he does that same old spin move. <laughs> spin move. Shit. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's not his game. Yeah. And, um, hopefully Nick Nurse figures it out. Yeah. I, wouldn't be tr- I wouldn't be surprised if Siakam's on the trade block sooner than later. Possibly. I mean, you know how Ma- uh, Masai Ujiri is, you know, with the yeah, trades and everything. Like yeah. He's willing to pull the trigger just like Daryl Morey. So anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But with Siakam, he really did have a tough time in the bubble. Jalen Brown and Tatum and Marcus Smart really gave him a tough time on the defensive end and I, he's a young guy I really hope he has a good season because he really was had a great regular season last year and he's so young and I and I really do wish the best for him but he's they, the Raptors got to start figuring stuff out now because they they don't look playoff bound and that's yeah. pretty crazy to say mm-hmm. yeah and just like going back 
you know, to the Suns and whatever. I think they they really put the NBA world on notice during the bubble when they finished the season 8-0. They narrowly missed the playoffs, but they got guys like Aiton and Booker who are hungry to show people what they can do when it matters most. And CP3 is the perfect guy to kind of just have the keys to the car and drive it away. Yeah. That's kind of his yeah. role, and I think he's the perfect guy to do that. Monty Williams! Yeah, Monty Williams, man. But hey, Cam, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Always good having you. One, please, please like and subscribe to the Ish Condition podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple. We're on YouTube. Have a great rest of your day. Peace.